Welcome to Locked On NBA Draft. I'm your host, Leaf Tulin. On this show, we'll be analyzing different NBA prospects every episode, presenting you with various perspectives on every prospect coming from the Locked On NBA hosts and NBA Draft experts. Today, you'll be hearing all you need to know about potential number one draft pick, the polarizing 6'8 point guard LaMelo Ball. For more on Ball's strengths, and later on in the show, we will get to his weaknesses. Let's head to the host of Locked On Warriors podcast, Wes Goldberg, who is joined by Charles T. Hamilton. Let's start with LaMelo's strengths. What sticks out to you? Well, what, his main strength that sticks out to me is the fact that he's 6'7", 6'10", wingspan. He's built like a small forward, basically, but is a point guard. There's no doubt about it. There's no... Uh, it's not like Ben Simmons. Well, there might be some similarities, but Ben Simmons is probably better suited as a, a four or five where LaMelo ball, he's a point guard. There's no question about it. His ball handling, uh, his passing are NBA ready. That's for sure. You, you, especially when you're picking in the top three, you're looking for things that can immediately translate. And he has that. Uh, I mentioned his size, his ball handling. There's, some projection on whether he can be his jump shot can can get better or not uh some people believe it some don't but we'll, we'll go with the positive that there's enough there that people believe the the jumper can uh be fixed so to speak i don't know if it's broken right now but it's not not it's not his main strength and with that size uh that i mentioned uh the the tools and uh talent ability athletic ability are there to be a good defender as well uh, again whether he is that now remains to be seen, but the bottom line is the talent is there. And that's why he's looked at as a, a top three, potentially top one pick. Yeah, and that's why he's number one on so many boards. It's not that I, – I don't know if I've talked to anybody at all that thinks he's the best player in the draft on day one. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think anybody is saying that. But uh, what a lot of people believe and why so many people have him number one on their board is they believe of all the players – In this draft, he has the most upside, the greatest potential to be a multi-time all-star type player. Maybe not a top 10 level player, but if you're going to build your team around one person in this draft, he might be the guy. Because what you get with LaMelo Ball is at least an organizing principle, right? Mm -hmm. You get him as your point guard. He's, like you said, an elite genius level passer. The YouTube uh, highlights of him. Uh, you just see it from there. It, like this guy is a genius level playmaker with with not only like flashy passing, but his his ball placement, his touch. I mean, he's delivering passes into the shooting pocket of guys. You can easily see him just running off of a screen, curling from around the rim, and kicking out to sh- wide open shooters beyond the arc. And so, like I said, the organizing principle. If you're a team that's building uh, around one of these guys. You put him at point guard, surround him with shooting, and boom, you've got an offense right there. And especially if you've got guys who can run the floor, and now you've got LaMelo Ball with these incredible outlet passes and stuff. I mean, you look at what Lonzo Ball is able to do, and it's similar as far as what they're able, as far as their court vision. It's elite, all right? It's elite. And then you mentioned the defense there. That's really where it comes in. He can come in and just be a, a, an organizer on offense right away. But if he can hit that ceiling defensively, and look, he's – He's quick, right? Like, he's got lateral quickness. He's big, like you said, great wingspan. Um, like, it, you, can, you could picture his body switching onto wings and doing all these other things. Like, if he can develop into a plus defender, I mean, this is, got, this is a guy with the makings of an all, like, at least physically, of an all-NBA-level defensive player. 
He just needs to put it together. He's 19 years old, and I think the bet would be that he could put that together. Yeah, body type, it's, uh, it's you know, prototype of a NBA defender, an NBA wing. The bonus is that he's he's a legitimate point guard. You're not trying to squeeze him into that point guard position. That's what he is. And one thing that kind of goes uh, overlooked is the fact he's a great rebounder. And that's a nice thing to see in a guy who's 6'7", playing the point guard position because – you know, as much as we love Clay Thompson, I would like it if he was a better rebounder. Harrison Barnes, <laughs> a guy his size should be a much better rebounder. So when you get a guy that's six seven and pulled down, uh, you know, seven and a half rebounds per game uh, over in, for the Hawks, Illawarra Hawks, you know, a, a pro league against grown men, uh, he's a legit rebounder. Now, is that the main thing you want out of your point guard? No, but it's a nice addition that he's he's able to do that, especially on a team. Uh, you know, potentially like the Warriors, who aren't great rebounding, great at rebounding. So, no, you look at like you, you, you mentioned in there. You mentioned Ben Simmons before. You could throw in another name like a Russell Westbrook, as far as just uh, or you know, there's been comparisons to Luka Doncic as far as his body type and his ability to fill the box score. This is a guy who last year in the NBL, like you mentioned, it's a pro league. He is going against adults, and he is not yet. Uh, he he's basically putting up seventeen, seven and seven every night, seventeen, eight and seven um, with the rebounds. That that's production, and whether or not you, know, you could talk about the efficiency numbers, or we'll get to in the next segment and stuff like that. There's there's things that are worrisome here. This is the pros. This is the strength segment. So not to be too bullish on him. Yeah, but <laughs> it if he is producing at that age, that is at least something. And it's honestly in this draft more than a lot of guys could say. I mean, not a lot of players in this draft have been super productive. In a meaningful way, LaMelo, we're going to get to this in a little bit, but you could argue that he has. You could also argue that he hasn't really been that productive in a meaningful way. We'll get to that next when we talk about LaMelo Ball's weaknesses. Coming up next, we'll keep it with Wes Goldberg and Charles T. Hamilton and hear about LaMelo's weaknesses, which many find to be glaring enough that despite his fabulous feel for the game that has him projected widely as the top pick, These weaknesses have him as low as 8th on some mocks. And speaking of mock drafts, I wanted to promote Locked On NBA Mock Draft. The NBA Mock Draft is just days away, and Locked On NBA Podcast is mock drafting every first-round pick. Listen to Locked On NBA Podcast every day leading up to the draft to hear projections of each pick and expert analysis from Chad Ford, the Athletics' John Hollinger, and Sports Illustrator's Jeremy Wu. Check the feed to catch up on past shows and don't miss a pick. Subscribe to Locked on NBA Today wherever you get your podcasts. You know what could get you through a full draft waiting for your team to pick? BuiltGo. BuiltGo is a product made by the same wonderful group that brought us the world's fastest growing protein bar, Built Bar. BuiltGo is designed to get us through a wall. What's your wall? For me, BuiltGo helps me uh, break through lulls in energy when working. I have a BuiltGo and I'm good to go. Bilko makes you the best at whatever you do, whether it's running, lifting weights, or just working through a long day at the office. Bilko makes you the best at whatever you do. Bilko comes in easy to take around 1.5 ounce packages that you can put in a briefcase or your pocket or anywhere you really need to carry it. Bilko is the top workout gel on the market and comes in delicious flavors such as my favorite chocolate mint. It's, it's really great. And it's good for you too. Bilko is made combining energy gel with collagen protein, which is fast absorbing, which means it gets into your system fast, taking effect, and thankfully it's easily easy on your stomach too. Visit Bilko.com and use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, 
for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Please make sure to subscribe to Locked on NBA Draft if you haven't already. And let your NBA Draft-loving friends know, too. They'll find great analysis on draft prospects from Locked on NBA hosts each and every episode. Now let's find out why some teams worry about LaMelo Ball and hear about his weaknesses from Wes and Charles on Locked on Warriors. All right, Charles, we talked about LaMelo Ball's strengths, right? The passing, the floor vision, the ability to get rebounds and assists along with points because he is a willing shooter. Uh, But then there's the obvious and glaring weaknesses here, right? And, And I mentioned toward the end of the last segment, the efficiency numbers, they're problematic, right? <laughs> yes, he's averaging basically 17, 7, and 7, but it, it takes him damn near 17 shots to get 17 points per game. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't look great. He's a thir- like last year in the NBL, he was shooting 38.9% overall. And then I know you love three point shooting. That's mm-hmm. not a thing that he does well, but it is a <laughs> thing that he tries to do often. He is, a lot of it. He's shooting 28, 28% on, on nearly seven three-point attempts per game, which is just bad. And he's only a 70% free throw shooter. He's not shown any level to be an efficient shooter, let alone have good decision-making with his shot. Those are problems. Major problems. Uh, more, they're, they're more like inefficiency numbers. Thank you. Uh, but he, no, that's, I mean, that is the glaring, glaring hole. And also some of the other things you talked about, uh, with his potential is that's all it is. His defensive potential is there, but trust me, it's not there right now. He's not someone you want on an island with uh, anyone in the NBA right now, I don't think. So that that's part of it. And man, those numbers are awful. I mean, they're just awful. And one of the other things is you're looking at it and saying, well, how does a guy shooting, you know, 38% get 17 shots a game? It's because he had the run of the place uh, in Australia, they let him do whatever he wanted because he was a name. He was a draw for them and they were allowing it. You know, I'm surprised that one of the uh, grown men on that team didn't, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> go after him or something or get completely sick of playing with him because he did whatever he wanted. Uh, we talked about the talent and the things that he can do, but man, it was just, it's just bad. That jumper does not look good. It's reminiscent of Lonzo's coming out uh, where, you know, kind of this, around the world uh, jumper that he has where he goes from one side to the other. It just doesn't look great. And it's a project. It's a major project. I'm not saying these things can't be fixed, but they're not going to be fixed in year one and definitely not by the time he comes in. So it's, those are, those are the knocks. And you know what? Good. I will. Let me get yours because this is a, I I want to get into something else that is uh, completely different. So go ahead. Hit me with the, hit me with the inefficiency. Well, you mentioned there that he had the run of the place with, with his Hawks team, the Illawarra Hawks, right? There are nine teams in the NBL. They were ninth in the NBL standings. (laughs) So you basically handed the keys to LaMelo ball and you won five of 31 or of uh, 28 games you played. They went five and 23 last year. Okay. Not great, and that's why I talked about last year or at the at the top or in the in the first segment. 
there is a proven production, but it's not necessarily the proven production that you want, right? I mean, yeah, 17-7-7, but he needed 17 shots per game to get 17 points. He's not going to get that at the NBA, which is also why I said if you bring him in, you have an organizing principle, but you can only like, – you're also limited to that, right? You're also limited to playing LaMelo in that context. I don't know that he's going to be able to walk in right away and be this off-ball player, be this you know high-level defender and all these things. He just has never shown – the ability to do that, right? He's not, he doesn't have the track record for it. And so if you're the Warriors, can you play him off the ball? I don't know. Uh, you you would like to think somebody with that sor- sort of floor vision, right, could just easily develop into an off-ball cutter. That makes sense, right? But mm-hmm. And look, he's shown flashes of that. It's not to say that he hasn't. If anything, that's probably going to be wh- wherever he gets going. When he's not on the ball, he's going to thrive not as a, a three-point shooter spacing the floor, but he's going to have to threaten defenses with the or, or pressure defenses with the threat of him cutting to the basket. If he could be like an Andrew Wiggins type cutter, then you've really got something there, I think. But otherwise, I just don't know where on the floor you put him because like you at least like to say, all right, he comes in, you can hang like maybe like he's not a great three point shooter, but he's a good finisher in the case of like an Anthony Edwards, right? Who we talked about last week. Okay, the three point shot isn't necessarily there. You have questions that are similar to Lamello as far as his decision making. Um, his shot selection, right? But at least at the end of the day, Anthony Edwards is going to use his 220-pound frame, throw a shoulder into somebody, and finish at the rim. Lamelo, he's ambidextrous. He can finish with both hands, again, theoretically, but he doesn't do it well. And I just don't know where on the floor like his bread and butter is going to be. And that could be really hard for a rookie who doesn't have that. It, It could be hard for a player like that to find his place in an NBA offense, again, if he's not the guy always with the ball in his hands. Yeah, and you talked about Anthony Edwards' physicality. Lamelo Ball does not have that. He doesn't have the same body no. type. He does not will go not into finish contact. to anybody. No, exactly. he's, he's averaging less than four three, three uh, free throw attempts per game last year. That's not good. Yeah, so I, that's the glaring, glaring hole. And you could make the argument for a team that wants to take him that you're taking him, and then you're building around him and getting as many shooters as possible and letting him develop and all that stuff. And it's he could. He could, like we said, the talent is there, but you're drafting on potential. If that's your pick, you're drafting on, uh, he could become this in year three, year four, not right. in year and one, one more, which is the, one, and one more point to sort of underscore that. I mean, we're talking about, an, we talk about James Wiseman as far as a small sample size, but LaMelo ball, I know that he's played, like people say, oh, he's played professionally and things. And I think that leads people to think that he has some large sample size. This is a guy that's played 21 games and 500 minutes total in two years. You compare that with, again, Anthony Edwards, who's basically played twice that in one year at Georgia. <laughs> and you could argue that even SEC basketball is of a higher competition than the NBL. Yeah. So one, one the, last the thing I wasn't great. Go ahead. It's not. It's tiny. And, you know, uh, he has this following that is um, insane in my mind. Mm-hmm. And that is another thing that you have to bring up. I wish it was just on the court, but you have to bring up LeVar. You have Mm -hmm. to mention it because if he's going to be the LeVar that we saw or LaMelo is going to allow him to do that, so to speak, uh, that, you know, he was with Lonzo in his first, uh, his rookie year and year two, his entire time with the Lakers, basically. That's the last thing the Warriors want. I mean, it's the last thing I want, regardless of where he goes. I find it incredibly annoying and kind of sad, honestly, but, the Warriors don't want that, and it, it – it, I mean, I know I'm kind of going to the next thing, but you just don't – the Warriors don't want no. it. I don't know what team and, would. And you look at a guy like 
um, Lamelo versus his older brother Lonzo, and you don't mm-hmm. want to keep falling back on it, but it does matter. The family thing does matter, and look, it's a good like Lonzo is a good comparison for the best version of Lamelo Ball, right? It's like yeah. if Lamelo Ball comes in and and hits his ceiling defensively and can develop that jumper and can be this passer, then you've got Lonzo Ball, and that's a really good player. New Orleans has a really good player in Lonzo Ball right now, but you do deal with the Lavar thing. And look, you and they are so in the spotlight that it does feel like we know Lamelo Ball a little bit. We've seen so many interviews with him and all these things. In addition to his interviews with Lonzo, and you 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 listen to Lonzo Ball talk, man, and he just seems like the older brother, right? Like he mm-hmm. seems like the more mature one. He seems like he's kind of got this under uh, under control, and he knows how to handle his dad and sort of manage up to his father and all these things. I don't get that sense with Lamelo Ball. I don't. I, and when you so you, when you watch him sit down in these interviews, he just doesn't seem like to have it together the way Lonzo does, and that could be very problematic when you're starting to deal with Lavar. Not to mention too that Lamelo is like this next chance for Lavar, so you could get this whole other Lavar Ball comeback, right? Because he hasn't been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Lamelo gets drafted number one or two or three or whatever, you bet Lavar is going to be involved in some aspect in the media at least. So. Um, it is it is an issue, I think, and and yeah. I think when you when you inter- when teams sit down to interview Lamelo, it's gonna be a point that they that they bring up. No question. Welcome back to Locked On NBA Draft. I'm still your host, Leif Tulene, and we're still analyzing the game of LaMelo Ball. In my eyes, LaMelo is the best prospect in the draft, and here's why. LaMelo has extraordinary feel for the game that you just can't teach, that he displays in his ability to pass with pinpoint precision with either hand off the bounce, as well as his great touch on push shots and ability to rebound the ball. His intangibles are off the charts, and he's also 6'8 and a true point guard. That's awesome positional size. Defensively, I understand some concern with attentiveness and effort, but he's quick and long, allowing for defensive versatility to be conceivable, especially if he puts on some more muscle. And since he's only 19, I think that's very feasible. As for his shot not yielding the greatest results, I don't think it's for lack of shooting ability, as he displays great touch on floaters and push shots. We saw his brother, who had worse mechanical issues with his shot, improve greatly already in his career, both form-wise and results-wise. And I think we should expect the same, especially because many percentage issues with LaMelo stem from taking difficult shots, which I think he will take fewer of in the NBA due to being a fabulous passer that that could very well be paired with Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota. That duo could be deadly, especially because LaMelo is a maestro in the pick and roll. And that and he won't blow by you, but he gets from spot A to point B with ridiculous ease. He can see over any guard that will defend him and will rifle passes with either hand to open shooters and rollers. And as for a comparison, I see a taller, better shooting, more willing to shoot version of Boston Rondo. Uh, that Rajon Rondo is an absolute beast. That's what I think of him. Let's see what Chad Ford thinks of him, who also has him ranked atop his big board. He was number one on my big board 1.0. He remains number one on my big board 2.0. LaMelo Ball, point guard, point forward from Australia. Polarizing as ever. Teams worry a bit about his defense, his shooting, 
There's still those weird rumors around because of the whole ball factor and, you know, what sort of role that is going to play. But then there are elite tangible intangibles in LaMelo ball that more than any other prospect in this draft warrant him being ranked number one. He has elite size for his position. He is the best passer in this draft and does that at a high, high all-star level, that elite floor vision, this super high basketball IQ, great feel for the game. If you're going to take a pit player number one and they're not going to be one of these elite three, four tool type players that typically go number one, one of the things that a lot of scouts believe is you go for that one skill that they can do it at an elite level instead of picking a player that maybe has, you know, three or four like average or above average skills. And so for LaMelo Ball, it's going to be that court vision, what he brings to the floor on that end, the way he sees and feels the game, the poise that he has there. And you're going to have to hold your nose a bit. If you've watched him, you know that he's streaky shooter. He's not necessarily an explosive athlete. He struggles as an on the ball defender. There's, Tons of things that you could pick apart with LaMelo Ball. And there's been some disagreement among NBA teams about where he's at as far as maturity, what kind of locker room player that he's going to be. But most of the people that I talk to aren't worried about this. And I, I wonder how real the stuff that I'm hearing with some teams being worried is and how much of it is the the typical we're a month before the draft and we're going to be spitting misinformation out. Those are Chad Ford's thoughts on LaMelo Ball, and here is Locked on Hawks host Brad Roland and his take on the ball. I have LaMelo Ball at the top of my board. Uh, he's been there for a while for me as well. Um, I will say there are probably some teams in which it wouldn't make sense, so he's not like an overwhelming number one for me in that way, but I'm pretty comfortable with LaMelo at the top. I think that um, upside-wise, there's a lot to like there. There are certainly some questions in a way that you may not love for a number one overall draft pick. And I think there are arguments for other guys. Maybe maybe Anthony Edwards, who's another popular uh, number one overall player, certainly has his arguments as well. And if you want to uh, go in a different direction, maybe James Wiseman, um, if you are viewing things through that prism, makes some sense. But ultimately, I think LaMelo is number one. And honestly, it's, it's kind of weird slash funny that I've started a little bit work on next year's draft in 2021 and I think talking to some people about that draft there might be five six seven players in that class that people would like more than anybody in this class so it's kind of strange but I do like LaMelo I think that he is a very talented player and uh, sort of in that vacuum of a big board setting he's my top guy. Brad Roland talks about there are certainly teams that LaMelo fits and others he doesn't. And no one is thinking about that very question more than the Timberwolves, who have the number one pick. So we will hear from former vice president of basketball operations for the Memphis Grizzlies, John Hollinger, on Locked On Network's Hollinger and Duncan NBA show about how and if LaMelo Ball fits in Minnesota next to D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. 
Um, so uh, Minnesota at number one, I think the general perception is that LaMelo Ball is the best talent available. Now, are there some issues here with his potential fit with D'Angelo Russell? Yeah, maybe. I mean, they're both kind of ball-in-hand point guards and haven't seen too enthusiastic about playing defense. But I think because of their heights, I do think it's possible for them to play together uh, if they can kind of work out uh, how, how to be comfortable playing off the ball some of the time. And so, so I don't necessarily see that as a, as a deal breaker for them, especially at the point they're at, which is like they're not trying to refine their chemistry for the run at the championship right now, right? They're just trying to build up enough talent to have a halfway decent team. And until you get to that point, I think, I think you don't really worry about fit issues and things like that as much. You're just, they're still in talent accumulation phase and they need to continue that. So if I'm in Minnesota shoes, yeah, I pick up my phone, I listen to the trade offers, but at the end of the day, I probably just take LaMelo Ball. Yeah, I mean, there's been some reporting that if they don't trade the pick, this is a good one to, to talk about here for you. It has been rumored that if they don't trade the pick, they'll take LaMelo Ball. What does that make you think when you hear something like that? Yeah, you just wonder where that's coming from because, you know, it's it's possible that... I mean, have they made their board internally by now? Yeah, probably. But like, who's who's Gerson Rose is going to tell that to, right? Un- unless it serves some purpose, right? Or, well, the, or unless the purpose it's... being to gin up, uh, yeah, gin up yeah. trade talks. Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing you want to do generally, if you're, it doesn't work as well if you're number one as it does with like maybe a little further down. Uh, you want to blow some smoke about some different names you might take with your pick because the more chances it creates that somebody panics and jumps you to get a, to draft a guy that you don't even want, the better chance that the player you like falls to you. So there's definitely a little gamesmanship there. Definitely some interesting gamesmanship up at the top of the draft, and we will see if the T-Wolves do take ball in just one week. That's it for today on Locked on NBA Draft, and we have lots more draft prospects to come in the remaining days leading up to the NBA Draft on November 18th. So you know where to get all your information on your favorite teams and prospects. Check out the episodes on potential lottery picks Patrick Williams and Devin Vassell, and any other episodes out. And make sure to listen to tomorrow's episode on LaMelo's competition for the top spot, James Wiseman from Memphis. This has been Locked on NBA Draft. Thanks for listening. I'm Leif Tulene.